and welcome back to an open secret podcast. This is episode two. I'm your host, Maura Adeyi, and this is the podcast where we make space to talk about wellness and intersectionality. So today we have a special guest, Bryce Lennon, who's going to talk about his wellness journey and how his social identities influence how he feels about self-care and wellness. Welcome to the show, Bryce. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time. Now, for those who are unfamiliar with what wellness actually looks like, what is intersectionality, no worries. I'm going to define both for you. So when we're talking about wellness, the textbook definition is actually the state of being in good health. That simple. Or is it? Hmm. And when we're talking about intersectionality, essentially, it's how our social and political identities combine to create different modes of discrimination and privilege. This was coined by Kimberly Crenshaw. If you don't know her, go to Google right now and get yourself educated, fam. Kim. But essentially, intersectionality is about your social identities and how they influence your life, how you've experienced life, and for the purposes of this podcast, how it's impacted your views on wellness. So now that we got through all the nitty gritty, we can dive right into it. So Bryce, tell us when wellness became important to you. That's a great question. So I want to say wellness, I want to say I always had a little piece of wellness in me, right? So to answer that, well, to answer that part of the question, I'm going to say it started in high school. So I found a lot of leisure and emotional wellness within running. So outside of actually Mm -hmm. running track and lifting weights I just ran on the weekends and that was a way for me to clear my head because at the time I was dealing with not necessarily an identity issue per se but I think I wasn't dealing with anything so I needed some time to myself Mm -hmm. to kind of clear my head and actually from I want to say from the age of 15 up until now I still run and I feel like that's my time to myself. It's the only time throughout the day where it's just myself, the road, the sidewalk, and um, I'm disconnected from the world because I'm not picking up phone calls. Mm. Definitely sounds therapeutic for sure. Now tell us a bit about how your social identities, what social identities actually are the most important to you? First, let's start there. Okay, so let's just break down the layers. I am African-American. Also, I'm a little, not a little, we're going to say I'm also indigenous. And then um, Mm -hmm. more specific, Lumbee tribe. And I'm a queer man. I'm cisgender. And I come from a, I want to say an upper middle class family. And then if we want to throw colorism into it, I'm on the lighter shade of brown. So I think those are the layers that make 
me rice. I love that. And thank you for sharing all of those layers of you. So tell us how all of these identities influence your wellness practices. Yeah, sure. So I guess like within my own family, we have a history of health problems after a certain age. And like my point earlier, that's why I understand the importance of staying in shape, um, maintaining a healthy diet. I'm also a pescatarian, so I only eat seafood. Um, I do eat eggs, but I, tr I definitely haven't had any type of meat. It'll be, I want to say it'll be four years next month. No meat. Wow. And I said it would say that like even my own father, you know, great man. He definitely hustled to give me everything I had today, but he never prioritized his health. So mm. at 73, his health is declining and he was never one to work out. Um, in my opinion, he eats pretty horribly. He's a late night snacker. And definitely seeing all those health complications later in his life um, definitely scared me a little bit. So I definitely wanted to make sure mm -hmm. that I did not carry on some of that, those family traits into my own life. And I want to say in high school, I might have been a little obsessed with it, especially since I was like an overweight kid in middle school. So I want to say there was a point where I kind of had it, not kind of, I definitely had some type of eating disorder, um, whether I'm going to say I fell on the lines of anorexia. Um, so I was constantly watching what I ate and definitely suffered from body dysmorphia, which is, which is an area that a lot of queer men deal with, especially with, you know, hypersexualization and just social media and this, um, this pressure to look a certain way, right? right? And then what other part about me? Is there other parts? Oh, and then just um, just as an African-American man, um, mental health is not something that's really, it's not necessarily a priority within our culture. And I'm not sure if more, you might be able to agree with that, you know, um, but- <laughs> When I got to the age of 20, I'm going to say 27, maybe? It's been so long now. Mm -hmm. I really took a step back and really looked at myself from an outsider's perspective and said, you know, Bryce, you really need to get some help and really need to learn how to deal with some of your anger issues. Because to my point earlier, I'm the person who bottles up my emotions. I don't deal with them. And then when I have them, they're out there, right? And that's no way to be, or, well, hey, if it works for you, it works for you. But for myself, I definitely wanted to learn how to respond instead of react all the time, because I felt like I was very reactionary. And to my original point, I feel like within the Black community, we're kind of scared to dive into our mental health. And I actually wanted to change that. So I was the first person, like, no. I take it back. My mom was the first person to go to therapy and I'm the second. Mm. And then my brother was the third. Um, but I remember when I told them I was going, I got a lot of slack for it. Like, oh, do you think something's wrong with you? There's nothing wrong with you. Or what do you want to talk about? Are you going to talk about us? You know, everyone's making it about them when it was really for me. So I think that those layers definitely have influenced my wellness as 
in its full entirety. Wow, I appreciate how transparent <laughs> you were about your <laughs> about your wellness journey because it's complicated, you know, and we have to get to a place where we arrive at that ourselves right. that we do need outside assistance and that we're not going to let the stigma of you know what it means to go see a therapist stop us from taking care of ourselves fully and to do that in your 20s is difficult right and I definitely felt like at one point because I was bottling those emotions I definitely battled with alcoholism I don't think I was an alcoholic per se but definitely alcoholism and um, now I don't drink like I've been well I want to say in December it'll be two years of sobriety and that also is to me a wellness change you know I would definitely agree that it's a wellness change and I also think that for you to maintain your wellness practices throughout the pandemic which also included your sobriety is huge because the pandemic was definitely a huge stressor for a lot of people who didn't have those practices in place prior to COVID. Right. And definitely um, to your point, especially going through the pandemic and realizing like, oh, I don't actually need alcohol to deal with any emotions was definitely, uh, definitely a groundbreaking moment for myself. Like, like I said earlier, I never thought I was an alcoholic per se, but definitely battled with alcoholism. And just knowing that I dealt with that stressful time like everyone else did and didn't have to resort to any type of substances, whether it was marijuana or alcohol or even just um, just using people to get through that emotional trauma. You know, I kind of just my boyfriend and I, we kind of just dealt with it ourselves. And yeah. Now we're here still in a pandemic. Mm. But thriving, though, thriving. Yeah. And I loved what you said earlier when you were talking about body. Julie talked about that on my first episode. If y'all didn't catch it, y'all should catch it. Okay. Mm. But I was talking about the idea of fat phobia within mm. the black community and specific to, you know, growing up with Nigerian parents that I too started running in maybe middle school, high school, but I never connected running to wellness it was seen as something for you to do so that you're not gaining weight mm. and it took a long time for me to see my practice of running as something that was needed for my own like mental health uh that was needed to you know take care of my body to you know have that quiet space of meditation for myself versus viewing it as I need to do this because I need to maintain this body shape or this body type. And that was a lot of self-work um, throughout the last, I would say, maybe 10 to 15 years. That's real. Oh, and it's, it's crazy because the moment I actually, not I don't want to say gave up on my body, but the moment I was less critical about how I looked and how I showed up physically to the world. Now at 33, I think my body's in the best shape ever and it looks the best. So it just goes to show like, don't really focus. I mean, it's hard to say that, right? But in retrospect, like don't necessarily focus 
on the materialistic things about yourself. Really just like adjust your lifestyle. And once you adjust your lifestyle, everything else will fall into place. Because I was out there worried about my body, but I'm still drinking. I'm still eating fast food all the time. I'm still dealing with emotionally draining Mm. people, which is affecting my body. I'm stressed. Like, it's just, it was just a lot. So once I was able to clear my head, refigure out my purpose, because I felt like at one point in my life, I was, um, it was like an outer body experience. Like I, I kind of lost, uh, pretty much who, pretty much lost who I was. Like I kind of lost Bryce or trying to reconfigure who I was. So with that, like came like a lower self-esteem, the confidence was a little ruptured, but once I was able to figure it out, I'm here. And we are so glad you're here. Yes. Mm. Thriving. The journey is never really done, you know? And I will say that the pandemic for me has given me space to reconnect with who I truly am. And I feel like that made, you made me think of that when you were talking about like really tapping into who Bryce is and what really will serve Bryce in a healthy way. And that includes like relationships, your Mm -hmm. relationship with your body, food, exercise, all of these layers that make you, you, but really tapping into what is going to be the best version of Bryce. What do I have to eliminate or change so that I can really connect with who I truly am? And that's big. Yeah. Thank you. Like once I was able to accept myself wholeheartedly, my wellness skyrocketed. Mm. Wow. So important. And it also makes me wonder, I know that running is such a big part of your life, but what other self-care practices do you feel like you've employed to really maintain? Well, I started, it sounds really bad, but I started um, reading books again around, I want to say about five years ago. So like just actively reading and then just really surrounding myself with positive people. And I know that sounds cliche, but like you are the company you keep, you are the energy you attract, you attract, excuse me, you are the trauma you attract. So if you have a tight circle or a tight <laughs> tribe, <laughs> they can, you know, great minds think alike, you will all thrive together. But if you got one or two little, and I say this very loosely because, you know, happiness as and flows, right? But if you have one or two people who have a pattern of toxicity or chaotic behavior you yourself probably participate in that as well Mm, so you kind of need to like do a little sometimes you got to do a little temperature check with the people in your life and kind of figure out like "Hmm, who's really for me right now in this season how is it affecting me you know that's a fact and also what does your gut tell you when you're around these folks what's the energy looking like because we have a tendency to ignore our gut and our gut never lies to us, especially about people. Right. And that's okay. And that goes back to my um, earlier point. Once you're connected to yourself or reconnected, it's like deeper than a gut. It's like, you need to listen to your whole body. Like there's been times where I've been in a room with someone and my stomach is turning, turning knots. And I'm like, oh no, I don't even need to be associated with this person because my body's telling me that something's not right. 
So you just got to listen to your body, like your body, whether it's a shoulder pain, your calf muscles itching, you got a little scratch in your throat. Your body will tell you when something's for you and your body will tell you when something's not for you. Just believe that. It's, the issue is when we're not in tune with ourselves and we don't listen to it or, we can, or we're not connected. So we miss it. And then we keep making the same mistakes over and over and over. Even when it comes to like your career, your body will tell you your yeah. job is not for you because you will have anxiety at work. You will be depressed. Like all these things, that's your body telling you something's not right. It's all there for a reason. And I don't think that like when we're younger, no one teaches us that. Like I wasn't taught that. Yes. And that's real life because all of these mechanisms that we can put in place to really take care of ourselves nobody teaches us that because a lot of our parents are still actively living within their trauma right so they're literally in their trauma still while trying to raise you trying to put a roof over your head trying to you know pay these bills they they don't even have time to tap into themselves so how are they going to teach you how to maneuver through the world you have to actively choose to want more for yourself. And also, because we're still in the pandemic, because guys, it's not over. I know y'all think it's over, but it's not actually over. But moving through the pandemic is the time for you to lean into stillness. In the stillness provides clarity. And the clarity will help you like quiet the noise so you can really figure out like, Am I tapping into myself? Am I taking care of myself? If I'm not, why not? What are the barriers? What are the challenges? Yeah, that's real. Maura, so I got a question for you. At what age did you tap into yourself? Ooh. Honestly, I feel like 30 was that's when... Right my world blew up, but in the best way. And I really had to look at myself and ask why I wasn't happy. And mm -hmm. what was I trying to prove to the world about myself? And what was I chasing? Because nothing mm. was, you know, when nothing's going right, like, like the career is trash, the dating is trash. You just not uh. feeling good about yourself you don't like your living situation everything is trash and you're just like what is going on and for me my pivotal pivotal moment was not getting into um grad school because I was convinced mm -hmm. that I was gonna get my PhD and I had gotten rejected from every program and I had the only meltdown I was like I don't know what I'm doing I'm not happy I don't know I can't figure it out but it really was the universe telling me to like, stop, like stop trying to force everything. You trying mm -hmm. to force your career to go this certain way. You trying to force these relationships. You trying to force these friendships. And you the only one sitting here unhappy. You hurting yourself. Why are you hurting yourself? Yes. Ooh. Because your job, whether you stay or go, they still going to be coming in. They're still going to be making money off people. Your, your, the people in your life, they'll move without you yeah so you got it you know you had to reconnect with more you know there's nothing wrong with that you know sometimes we get a little disconnect and we come back you know and it's the comeback what you want the comeback to look like and mm. i feel like 30 was rededicate 
myself. I feel like thirties when I became more Adeo and mm. not more of. And ever since then, it's been up. Like it's really been up. Like your girl got locks now. Like who knew I could grow grow all this hair, y'all? I didn't even know it, child. Listen, I mean. The skin is looking great. I love my job. I love my man. Shout out to my man. <laughs> you know, and we are yeah. just good. The skin is glowing. You know, I'm fostering friendships. You know, young Bryce out here. We've been in the game a long time now, like 13 years or something. You know, I don't even tell people that it's been so long. <laughs> been a little date on this, like, gosh, <laughs> revealing our ages. Um, old. <laughs> season um the this is your um emancipation of mimi album <laughs> emancipation moradeo mm. wow y'all not even ready no nope. the mixtape is just starting okay we, we only on, uh, we got four tracks so far so what's good what's, what's the other ones looking like Ooh, y'all better stay tuned mm. It only gets juicier from here, okay? Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I just appreciate your your honesty and really talking about this journey, this wellness journey, what it's meant for you. And I'm so happy that you're in a space where you feel like the best, fullest version of Bryce. Yeah, no, I received that. And, like, I, you know, I have no problem telling people my story. Some people are like... Why are you saying that? Why are you going to put that out there? But, you know, at the end of the day, it's my life. And, like, I feel like I'm an open book. I, I can be a little vulnerable. It's fine because I'm past all that. You know what I'm saying? And I think that those were lessons that needed to be learned. And if I can share any type of help or provide any type of help or share any type of advice to anybody who's also going through their own personal wellness story or adventure then so be it wow well where can the people find you if they want to follow your story thanks for that plug more so i actually have two blogs you can catch my original baby unregisteredstyle.com um mm. it's a blog dedicated to cool people and their outfits and then i have a another blog called bryceliner.com which is about fashion music and lifestyle and you can follow all those blogs on social media at unregistered style or at bryce linen y'all follow him he got some content okay and thank y'all so much for tuning in we here bi-weekly on all major platforms and open secret podcast now y'all be good Take care and be well.